Hello, and welcome to episode 8 of the Mr. Dog Podcast, where every week, until Christmas, we're reading another of Albert Bigelow Payne's classic Victorian-era stories about the hollow tree and the animal friends that live there. Payne wrote three books of hollow tree stories, one for each of his three daughters. The last story in the series is called Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn, and it's that wonderful final story that has been read aloud in my family for three generations now, every Christmas Eve. I'm Henry Cordes, and this is the Mr. Dog Podcast, produced by That's So Enterprises. Last week, we heard a story about Mr. Polecat and all the trouble he causes when he gets excited and sprays his scent everywhere. Well, today we have an even better story. It's actually my second favorite Mr. Dog story, if you want to know the truth. I'll bet you know which one is first. Alright, here it is. This is a story called How Mr. Dog Got Even. Well, said the storyteller, Mr. Dog did have a good deal of trouble, and it makes me sorry for him sometimes when I think about it. He still kept good friends with the crow and the turtle, though, and was on pretty fair terms with Mr. Robin and most all the rest of the bird family, besides living in the same yard with Mr. Man, who always kept an eye on him and got him out of trouble when he could. Of course, Jack Rabbit and the Hollow Tree people mostly got the best of Mr. Dog, but there was one time when they didn't, and this is how it happened. Once upon a time, Mr. Jackrabbit was spending the evening over at the big hollow tree with the crow and the coon and the possum. They had all had their supper and were leaning back and talking about the weather and what a late spring it had been and how bad the cold rains were for young chickens. Mr. Rabbit didn't care for chickens himself, but he usually kept some for his friends and always had a nice patch of young clover and some garden vegetables for his own use. He said the late frost had killed his early lettuce and young cabbage plants, and that his clover patch looked as if a fire had been through it. Mr. Coon smoked a little and looked into the fire, and said that he guessed tomorrow would be a warm day, and the crow said he knew it would be, because he could feel it in his leg, where a stray shot from Mr. Man's gun happened to hit him once when he was taking a walk in Mr. Man's cornfield, just about this time of year. The possum put his thumbs in the armholes of his vest and leaned back against the mantle and said he had a plan he wanted to tell them about. When he said that, they all kept still to listen because they knew when the possum had a plan, it always meant something good to eat and they were always ready to hear about good things to eat even when they just got up from the supper table. Mr. Possum puffed a few puffs of smoke, and then he went on to say that after so much bad weather in April, he thought it would be proper for them to give an outdoor feast and a woods party on the first day of May. All the others spoke up right off and said that was just the thing, and then they all began talking at once about what each would bring and whom they should invite. Jack Rabbit said he would invite Mr. Chipmunk and Mr. Quail, and that he would speak a piece composed for the occasion. The coon said he would invite Mr. Fox, because he had the best chickens, and would bring a basket of them along. The possum said that that would be a good plan, 
and that they ought to try as much as they could to invite people that would bring things. That made the crow laugh, and he said if they wanted to do that, they might invite Mr. Man himself. Of course, all the others laughed at first when they heard that, and then all at once they quit laughing, for speaking of Mr. Man made them think of Mr. Dog, and they knew how he was always traipsing around the country where he wasn't wanted, and just as likely as not would walk right in on them at dinner time and make it unpleasant for everybody. They all felt pretty lonesome when they thought of that, and then the crow laughed again and said he would send over a note by Mr. Robin to Mr. Dog, inviting him to go and see some friends of his that had just moved across the wide grasslands. He said Mr. Dog would be glad to go, and that his friends would be glad to see him, and that it would take all day to make the trip and do no harm to anybody. Then all of them felt well again. Mr. Crow wrote the note right away, and when he invited the robin to the May party next morning, he asked him if he could take Mr. Dog's invitation over to him and slip it under his door before he was up. He said it was to be a surprise for Mr. Dog, and he didn't want him to know just who sent the invitation. He didn't tell the robin that it was an invitation for Mr. Dog to get out of the country, because the robin is a good bird and wouldn't help to deceive anybody for the world. Mr. Robin was tickled most to death at his own invitation, and slipped Mr. Dog's in his pocket and hurried off with it just as fast as ever he could. He was so excited that he forgot he had a hole in the pocket of his coat, and never thought of it till he got to Mr. Man's yard where Mr. Dog's house was. Then he remembered all at once, and when he felt for the invitation and turned his pocket inside out, there was the hole all right, but the invitation was gone. Mr. Robin at first didn't know what to do. Then he happened to think that all Mr. Crow had said was that he didn't want Mr. Dog to know just who sent it to him, so he went right up to Mr. Dog's house and rapped. Mr. Dog came out yawning, but when he heard that he was invited to a May party, he forgot that he'd ever had any trouble in his life, and danced and rolled over and wagged his tail till the robin thought he was having a fit. Then when Mr. Dog heard that the party was gotten up mostly on his own account and was to be a kind of surprise, he had another fit and said he never was so happy in the world. Mr. Robin said he couldn't tell him just who sent the invitation, but he told him a few of those invited, and Mr. Dog grew six inches taller and said he must certainly have some more new clothes for a party like that. And then Mr. Robin set off home to get ready for there were only two days more in April, and everybody had to scramble around to be ready in time, especially Mr. Jackrabbit, who had to write a poem. Over at Mr. Fox's house the feathers were flying, and at the hollow tree Mr. Crow had his sleeves rolled up, baking all day long. The coon sat in his room and rocked and planned games, and the possum followed Mr. Crow about and told him new things to cook. Everywhere in the woods, and even out in the wide grasslands, folks were staying up nights to get ready, but none of them felt as happy or took as much trouble to look well as Mr. Dog. He knew there couldn't be any joke this time, because Mr. Robin had invited him, and Mr. Robin wouldn't play a joke on anybody. Every little while he would go out and roll on the grass in the sun, 
and then go in and put on his new clothes and stand before the glass. And then he would march up and down and try to see if his coat wrinkled under the arms and if his trousers fitted neatly around the waist. As he thought the party was to be given for him, of course he wasn't expected to bring anything except all the style he could put on. And when the morning came, Mr. Dog did put on all he could carry and took one more look at himself in the glass and started. He had never felt so happy in his life. Poor Mr. Dog. He didn't dream that the robin had made a big mistake when he invited him. He was all ready for a grand time and thought he was to be the guest of honor. But the coon and the possum and all the rest thought he was in an, another part of the country that day. And when they got to the place where the party was to be, they shook hands and laughed about how Mr. Crow had played it on Mr. Dog, and then rolled on the grass and cut up in a great way. Mr. Fox was there with all his folks, and Mr. Squirrel and his folks, and Mr. Weasel and Mr. Woodchuck and Mrs. Quail, and ever so many others. Mr. Rabbit had picked out the spot, which was a pretty green open place in the woods, and right in the center of it a little weeping willow tree with long trailing branches like ribbons. This was to be their maypole, and they were so happy that they commenced dancing almost as soon as they got there. Mr. Dog, of course, hadn't arrived yet. It had taken him so long to dress, and then he had a long way to come, so he was late. Pretty soon Mr. Possum puffed and blowed because he was so fat, and said he thought they ought to sit right down and begin to eat, and let Mr. Jackrabbit read his poem to them through the first course. The rabbit was willing to do that, for he would rather read his own poetry than eat any time. And besides, the first course was something he didn't like very well. So then they all sat down around the tablecloth, which they had spread on the grass, and Mr. Rabbit got up and put his right hand in the breast of his coat. He commenced by saying that his friends seemed to think he was a good deal of a poet, but that he had always been too busy to really write his best, and that all his poems, like the one he was just about to read, had been little inspirations tossed off on the spur of the moment. Of course, everyone there knew that Jack Rabbit had sat up two whole days and nights to write his poem, but they all cheered and clapped their hands, and Mr. B Rabbit bowed and coughed a little and began to read. When Mr. Jogs Away by J. Rabbit Oh, tis happy in the woodland when Mr. Dog's away. Tis happy in the woodland upon the first of May. He's gone across the grassland. We hope he's gone to stay. Then don't forget the feast is set, and Mr. Dog's away. The robin was just about to speak up at this moment and say that Mr. Dog was surely coming, but the others cheered so that nobody heard him, and Mr. Rabbit went on with his poem. Then tis hay for Mr. Woodchuck, and tis high for Mrs. Quail, and tis ho for Mr. Possum with a bow-knot on his tail. Then tis hip for Mr. Robin, and for all the rest hooray. The friends are met, the feast is set, and Mr. Dog's away. Hooray, hooray, shouted all the others. The friends are met, the feast is set, and Mr. Dog's away. Then hand around the glasses, and fill them to the brim, and drink a health to Mr. Dog, for we are fond of him. And though he be not present, Upon this happy day, we'll fill the cup and drink it up to Mr. Dog away. 
At the last line, everybody was just about to lift their glasses and give a great big cheer for the poem, when all at once they saw by Jack Rabbit's face that something was wrong. Then they all looked where he was looking, and there, right before them, bowing and smiling, stood Mr. Dog himself. He had just come in time to hear the last stanza of the poem, and was ready to dance with joy he was so happy to think they were drinking his health when he wasn't there. He felt so good that he didn't notice how surprised they looked, and slipped into a seat at the table, saying he was sorry to be late, and that he had just heard the last lines of Mr. Rabbit's poem, but that they had made him very proud and happy, and he hoped Mr. Jack Rabbit would read it again for his benefit. Of course, nearly everybody there was scared almost into fits, but they didn't dare to let on, for they saw that there had been an awful mistake somewhere, and if Mr. Dog found it out, and knew he hadn't been invited, then there was no telling what might happen. Jack Rabbit smiled, kind of sickly-like, and said that he had been overcome by the excitement, and didn't feel quite able to read the poem again. He said he hoped Mr. Dog would judge the first verses, though, by the last, and feel just as glad to be there as they were to have him. And all the rest said, oh yes, yeah, so glad to have Mr. Dog with us, and kept piling things on his plate, so he wouldn't want to eat anything besides his dinner. Mr. Dog felt so well, and was in such a good humor, that he commenced pretty soon to tell stories and jokes on himself, and by and by told about the time he went over to take dancing lessons from Jack Rabbit. Everybody thought at first that they'd better laugh at Mr. Dog's jokes, and they did laugh, like everything, but when he started that story about what Mr. Rabbit had done to him, they didn't know whether to laugh or not. Some laughed a little, and some didn't, and Mr. Rabbit said he thought it was getting a little too warm for him there in the sun, and he believed he'd go and sit in the shade a minute and cool off. So he went over behind some waxberry bushes where it was shady, and the minute he got where Mr. Dog couldn't see him, he set out for home just about as fast as he could travel, without stopping to say goodbye or to look behind him. Pretty soon Mr. Coon said he thought maybe Mr. Rabbit was sicker than he let on, and he guessed he'd better go and see about it. So he went over behind the waxberry bushes, too, and was halfway home before you could say Jack Robinson. Then Mr. Possum told Mr. Crow that he hoped he and the others would entertain Mr. Dog a while, for he knew Mr. Coon would need help. And away he went, and before long Mr. Fox and Mr. Woodchuck and Mr. Squirrel and all their folks had gone over behind the waxberry bushes to look after Mr. Rabbit, too. And none of them wasted a minute's time making tracks for home as soon as they got out of sight. But the crow and the turtle and the robin didn't go because they were all on good terms with Mr. Dog. Mrs. Quail didn't go either, though before long most everybody else had gone. Then Mr. Crow said he guessed poor Mr. Rabbit's friends had taken him home, and Mr. Dog said he was sorry, and that it was too bad anything should happen that way when folks were having such a good time. He said he'd call at Jack Rabbit's house next day to see how he was and hear the rest of that poem. Then Mr. Crow and Mr. Turtle laughed and laughed, and Mr. Dog didn't know what they were laughing at, but he felt so well that he laughed too. And Mr. Robin, who had found out by this time what a bad mistake he had made, 
couldn't help laughing some himself. Then they had dessert, and Mr. Dog made a speech, and thanked them for the fine party and surprise in his honor, and declared he had never spent such a happy day in all his life. He said there had been a little misunderstanding now and then between himself and some of the forest folks, but he knew now that all was forgiven, and that he would never forget this happy May party. And Mr. Dog never did forget it, concluded the storyteller, at least not for a long time, and he doesn't know to this day that the party wasn't given specially for him, or that Mr. Jack Rabbit's poem wasn't written in his honor. You can sing the hollow tree song now, said the little lady drowsily. So the storyteller sang the song that the forest people sing when, on dark nights in the far depths of the deep woods, they are feasting at the table of the coon, the possum, and the old black crow. Long before he had finished, the little lady was in the land of dreams, and the storyteller had been dreaming too while he sang the hollow tree song. Possum in the big deep woods, as fat as a possum could be. He lived in a hollow, 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 hollow. He lived in a hollow tree. There was an old coon in the big deep woods, slides a coon. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. This week we heard a story about a great big party that the Deep Woods people had, and how Mr. Dog turned up unexpectedly. He seems to do that with some regularity. Well, next week we'll hear a fantastic story from a new character, Mr. Turtle, and it's all about his family and how they're responsible for the thunder you hear when there's a storm. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes and let your friends know, too. You can follow Mr. Dog on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love it if you dropped us a note there to say hi. Our handle is at MrDogsChristmas. For more about Mr. Dog, please go to MrDogsChristmas.com. Again, that's MrDogsChristmas.com. 
This has been the Mr. Dog Podcast, a presentation of That's So Enterprises. Until next week, I'm Henry Cordes. <laughs>